You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Atlanta Falcons 29-15, improved their record to 10-6, and clinched a playoff spot for the fourth time in five seasons and third season in a row under head coach Sean McDermott. After 17 years of no playoffs, Sean McDermott has completely changed the expectations in Buffalo and Maybe you assumed the Bills would make the playoffs or it was always your expectation, but I'm never going to stop celebrating it. Not after 17 years in a row of not getting there, it's always going to be something worth celebrating and worth noting. And for Coach McDermott to have this type of success in Buffalo is unprecedented based on what we saw for the 17 years prior to his arrival. Now let's talk about this football game, a 29-15 win over the Falcons. We'll do things I liked, things I didn't like, and then in the last segment, we'll talk about where the Bills are in the playoff standings. We'll recap my predictions and talk about some fun nuggets like we did last week after the Bills beat the Patriots. So to start off things I liked, I want to talk about the offense and in particular, the rushing offense. That showed up today in a big way. 44 rushes for the team. 233 yards, and that's an average of 5.3 yards per carry, which includes three kneel downs at the end of the game by Josh Allen. This was a phenomenal game rushing the football for the Buffalo Bills, and I know it's against a poor Atlanta Falcons defense, but it was important to see. It was important to see that this team could embrace the type of game where they had to run it, where the passing game wasn't clicking and that they could lean on the rushing attack, and that's exactly what they did at home in cold temperatures and in snow. Devin Singletary, the catalyst on the ground, 23 rushes, 110 yards, two touchdowns. It's his third consecutive game with a touchdown. Devin Singletary has become the bell cow running back for this football team, and as I stated after the Carolina game, that this has been a net positive for the Buffalo Bills, to embrace Devin Singletary as a primary ball carrier. And he delivered in a big way against Atlanta. Josh Allen was cooking on the ground as well. 15 rushes, 81 yards, two touchdowns. And again, that does include the three kneel downs. So 17, put the ball in his hands a bunch and produced for the offense. And even Zach Moss got in on the action, five rushes for 39 yards. Thought when he was asked to step into the football game and carry the ball, he did a nice job. So again, we're not talking about a great Atlanta defense, but we're also not talking about what is perceived as a good Buffalo rushing offense. And the Bills didn't necessarily have the passing game going, and they had to lean on this. And so to me, under those circumstances, when Atlanta knew that the run was coming and couldn't stop it, You like to see it. You like to see it. 
Continuing with the offense, I thought Gabriel Davis played great. Three catches, 40 yards on three targets. Wish they threw it to him some more. His sideline catch was unreal, and it came in a big spot. This was after the Gregory Rousseau strip sack. It was a third and 10 from the 18-yard line in a 7-2 ball game at the time. Crazy good catch, crazy concentration, and three plays later, the Bills are in the end zone, and it's a 14-2 ball game instead of a 10-2 ball game, assuming Tyler Bass would have made the field goal. So Gabriel Davis, he delivered every time he got an opportunity. And I thought Stephon Diggs played good in this football game outside of the dropped touchdown. Five catches, 52 yards, and they were some clutch plays. They were some tough catches. You saw him competing after the catch. And Josh Allen was willing to throw the ball in some tight spots to Steph Diggs against good coverage from A.J. Terrell. And Diggs still made his share of plays. Thought the offensive line played well once again. The run blocking appeared to be very good, but also Josh Allen wasn't sacked and he was hit just three times in 26 passing attempts. So another strong performance for the Bills offensive line. We'll see what the status of Ryan Bates is. I feel like that's the only player that didn't finish the game and we didn't really get an update on. John Feliciano came in. He was first off the bench, but the offensive line did a good job pass blocking and run blocking. They got Tommy Doyle going as that inline jumbo tight end type player, and I thought he played well in that role. And so just an all-around solid game for the Bills offensive line, and that's good to see. We wanted to see this offensive line start clicking, and they are. I know that the passing game wasn't good for the Bills on Sunday, but the offense did some good things outside of the passing game. We already talked about the rushing offense. We talked about the offensive line. Gabe Davis, Steph Diggs, but they had some big-time drives. The Bills only had the ball eight times in this football game, only eight possessions. And three times they turned it over. Once it was the end-of-game kneel downs. But on the other four possessions, they scored a touchdown. 28 first downs. They were 7 of 12 on third down, 1 of 1 on fourth down. And speaking of the fourth down conversion, that was on the first offensive drive of the game. It was a fourth and goal from the three, and Stephon Diggs got the pass interference call, and two plays later, the Bills scored a touchdown. It was a 15-play, 69-yard drive after your defense forced two punts before you even touched the ball on account of the Marquez Stevenson fumble. Talk about a timely drive when you needed it and you converted a fourth down to make sure that you scored a touchdown. So that was a big-time drive and a big-time moment. And the Bills did well in the red zone on Sunday, four of five scoring touchdowns. Now, it felt like an adventure sometimes, but they scored four touchdowns in five trips. That's very good red zone offense. They possessed the ball for over 36 minutes. And like I mentioned, there were some timely drives. We, we talked about that first offensive possession, 15 plays, 69 yards. On the first time the Bills offense touched the football when your defense already forced two punts. But how about that second possession of the second half? Josh Allen throws the interception on the first possession of the second half. And the Bills are down 15-14. to 14. 
So after the Josh Allen interception, the defense forces a three and out. Then the offense goes 11 plays, 80 yards in six and a half minutes to go ahead 22 to 15. The defense forces another punt. Offense gets the ball back. 12 plays, 65 yards in just over seven minutes to go up 29 to 15 with 1046 left in the game. So Josh Allen didn't throw the ball well, but the offense still delivered some monumental drives in key moments. Oh, by the way, they also got the two-point conversion, which was critical. It made a 15-20 game, a 15-22 game, and you're up by seven. And so we'll talk about the struggles in the passing game for Josh Allen and the turnovers, but offensively, all was not lost in this football game, and they did some really good things. Shifting gears now to the defense, how about that pass rush? Matt Ryan dropped back to pass 23 times, and he was sacked five times and hit eight times. Getting in on the sack party, Taron Johnson, Harrison Phillips, Gregory Rousseau, Ed Oliver, and Mario Addison. All five of those players collected sacks. And I want to bring attention to two of those sacks in particular. Starting with Taron Johnson, his came at a key moment. After the Marquez Stevenson fumble that resulted in a safety, Atlanta obviously got the ball back, and it was third and seven, a perfectly timed blitz, and Taron Johnson forces the sack and gave the ball back to the Bills, who responded with a touchdown drive. Then I want to bring extra attention to the Gregory Rousseau sack, second and 10 in a 7-2 to ball game. Great interior pressure from Harrison Phillips. Matt Ryan has nowhere to go. Gregory Rousseau came back underneath his block kept working and stripped the ball while Harrison Phillips is rewarded with the fumble recovery. The pass rush took advantage of a bad offensive line like it should have, and that's what we want to see. It didn't happen against Carolina like I wanted it to, but it did against Atlanta. I mentioned Ed Oliver and Harrison Phillips as players who recorded sacks, and those two guys are coming into their own. You won't convince me that Phillips and Oliver aren't the best pairing of defensive tackles on the team. They are playing good football. Harrison Phillips, I think he had three quarterback hits to go with his sack, and he played great all game long. Ed Oliver making an impact, getting a sack. He probably should have had another sack and affecting some of those run lanes as well. Those guys are coming into their own as a defensive tackle pairing, and I love it when those two guys are on the field together. They're playing good ball. You saw A.J. Epinesa come away with a splash play, big-time tackle for loss, and he's kind of played sparingly this year, but it's good to see him get on the field and make a play. But defensively, the Bills played pretty well. I mean, they held him to one of seven on third down, 15 points, and one of seven on third down a week after the Patriots were one of 10 on third down. So opposing offenses are two for 17 on third down over the last two games against the Buffalo Bills. That is outstanding situational football. The Bills tightened the screws in the red zone against Atlanta. They were one of four scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Atlanta possessed the ball nine times. The result of those nine possessions, a touchdown, two field goals, four punts, a turnover, and a turnover on downs. That's good results for the Bills' defense. When it comes to special teams, 
Tyler Bass, he made all three of his extra points. He didn't miss. I always like that. And of course, it's snowy, cold situation there for Tyler Bass to deal with. And I know that one bounced off the upright, but all three went between the pipes. And I'm happy about that. I'm happy that Matt Hawk didn't punt. You want to minimize a bad punter? Don't punt. So that's always fine. He did a good job of holding on those extra points. And then just to kind of close out things I liked, I like how the Bills handled this football game in terms of the elements. Everyone gets all kinds of nervous when it's going to be cold and snowy and maybe a little wind and how the Bills are going to handle that. You know, they're a high-flying passing offense and they don't really run the ball well. Well, they did in this football game. 44 rushes, 233 yards, four rushing touchdowns. The Falcons couldn't top 170 passing yards as a team, despite being down by two scores on multiple occasions with a quarterback like Matt Ryan. And the Bills' defense shut them out in the second half when they were leading, when Atlanta was leading 15-14 to at halftime. So the second quarter was not good. But overall, the Bills embraced the style of game that they needed to play to win this football game and handle the elements outside of those three possessions in a row where Josh Allen turned over the football. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they have great nutrition facts. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They are healthy for you. They taste delicious and they help you eat healthy. And they have so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what is new. And of course, I have a deal for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's talk about things I didn't like from this football game, and I'm not sure you can start anywhere else but the performance of Josh Allen, the passer. Obviously, we love Josh Allen, the runner, in this game, but Josh Allen, the passer, not good. He undid everything I loved about him last week against the Patriots. And the Bills' offense started good. Two touchdown drives to start the game, and Josh Allen made some nice throws. Some really nice throws. But then after those two possessions, it felt like Josh Allen wanted to become the NFL MVP in the second quarter. Thought he was feeling himself. He got careless. Three straight possessions with an interception when you're leading 14 to 5. You're leading 14 to 5 against the Atlanta Falcons, who now should have to become a one dimensional team that has to throw the football with underwhelming options, a bad offensive line, and Matt Ryan, who's not really dynamic in terms of being able to extend plays 
or push the ball down the field. Josh Allen ignored primary reads. He wanted to chase big plays. And the rest of the team had to pick him up. And my goodness, they did. But 17 had three costly interceptions in a row. 11 of 26 passing for 120 yards and three interceptions. I didn't think we'd see stat lines like that again from Josh Allen. And I don't think we will very often. And obviously the Bills did some really good things offensively like we talked about. But 17 didn't get the job done throwing the football. Again, he made some good throws. Like there were some good moments, but the overall body of work throwing the football was poor. Josh was 7 of 15 for 88 yards after the first quarter. He finished the game 11 of 26 for 120 yards and three interceptions. No completions to Dawson Knox or a running back. And remember, we talked about that against New England. I thought it was so good of him to get the running backs going in the passing game. Seven completions to running backs last week, none this week. The patient Josh Allen disappeared. The Josh Allen that we saw last week that took what the defense gave him and picked his spots to throw the ball down the field evaporated. And that really bothers me because that's a bad pass defense and your protection was good, plus you got Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis back. And so Josh Allen, the the passer, let the Bills down on Sunday. Again, that's not going to happen very often, but when we look at this game and we talk about the things we don't like or things I didn't like, I didn't like the way Josh Allen threw the football. It really felt like he was chasing big plays. It's like he was hot, he knew he was hot, and it was time for him to just pat on the numbers. And it got away from him, and it hurt the team. They were leading 14-5 to before his three straight possessions with an interception. Let's move on from Josh Allen, the passer. The entire second quarter of this football game was garbage. That's literally what I wrote down in my notes. The entire second quarter was garbage. All 13 of their offensive points came in the second quarter. The Falcons' offense started to attack the edges of the Bills' defense and force the Bills to tackle in space, and they didn't respond well. And the same thing happened last week against New England when the Patriots had some of those good drives that we talked about. They started to attack the edges and dared the Bills to tackle in space, and they struggled. The Bills are not a good tackling defense, and the league is aware of that. Leonard Fournette, the Buccaneers running back, came out and said it after the game against Tampa Bay several weeks ago. He said, we, the Bills aren't a good tackling defense. He, he literally said those words. And you guys know I've been talking about that for a while. And so when you can force the Bills to have to square up and take good angles and tackle in space, there's some variance there, and they give up some plays. And you saw that in this second quarter on Sunday. So the second quarter started out with a Falcons field goal. The Bills get the ball back. They're moving it. 12 plays, 67 yards, interception in the red zone on a third and eight from the Falcons' 10-yard line. Again, it's a 14-5 football game. Not a good time for an interception, and Josh Allen didn't need to do that. Just run the ball out of bounds there. So you take points off the board 
They get the ball back and go five plays, 80 yards for a touchdown. The Bills get the ball back and two plays into that drive, another interception. And then the Falcons go down and get a field goal as time expired in the half. And the Bills are fortunate it wasn't a touchdown. And of course, we know that the field goal was good enough to give Atlanta a one-point lead going into halftime. And so I know that a lot of that second quarter kind of came back to the stuff I talked about with Josh Allen and those turnovers. But I think when you kind of present it that way and talk about that script of game there, those sequences, you could see just how costly it was. Moving on from the second quarter, because I think everything else in this game was pretty good. The first quarter, nice job. Third quarter outside of that opening drive interception, really nice. The fourth quarter, really nice. But that second quarter, oof, that was a bad quarter. The other thing that I want to mention and things I didn't like is Marquez Stevenson. Had the fumble, and I know that that's a good play by Avery Williams, but he fumbled. He bobbled another return, and then he had two other returns where he just ran into the back of his blockers. And so the comfort that we were developing with Marquez Stevenson as a return guy took a step back in this one. Now, hopefully we forget about this and he plays great the rest of the way. But Marquez Stevenson was an adventure returning the football on Sunday afternoon. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, let's close out the podcast by talking about some fun nuggets that came out after this game. Take a look at the AFC East, the overall AFC Conference playoff standings, and of course my predictions on how I did there. So let's get to these fun nuggets. We'll start with this one, courtesy of the Buffalo Bills PR. Devin Singletary with 782 rushing yards and Josh Allen with 700 rushing yards marks the third time in team history that the Buffalo Bills had two 700-yard rushers. Singletary and Allen join O.J. Simpson and Jim Braxton in 1975 and C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson in 2013. The Bills are the first team since the 2004 Steelers to not punt in consecutive games, so that's fun. With Josh Allen and Devin Singletary each having two touchdowns, this game marks the second time in team history with two players running for multiple touchdowns. The only other time that happened was back in 1978 when Curtis Brown and Terry Miller did that against the New York Giants. Josh Allen became the first quarterback in NFL history with four consecutive seasons with six or more rushing touchdowns. And while doing so, he tied 
Cookie Gilchrist for third in team history for rushing touchdowns, and it's probably going to be a little bit until he climbs any higher on the list. Next up is O.J. Simpson with 57, and Thurman Thomas, who had 65. And so, given the pace that Josh Allen's on, we're talking about probably another four to five years of this type of production before he becomes the all-time leader for the Buffalo Bills in rushing touchdowns. How about this one? Stephon Diggs topped 90 catches on the season, became the first Buffalo Bill ever to log consecutive 90 reception seasons. And I thought this was a fun one. Mario Addison, he recorded his eighth consecutive season of five or more sacks. And so good for him, a guy who had a very slow start to his career to have that type of sack production over the last eight seasons is really, really impressive. As for the AFC East, the Bills are 10 and six. They're in first place. The Patriots also 10 and six after they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 50 to 10. The Dolphins are eight and eight. They fell to the Tennessee Titans 34 to three, and they are now eliminated from the playoffs. And the Jets fell to four and two after their 24 to 28 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As for the AFC playoffs, the Bills are the number four seed. And as things currently stand, they would host the New England Patriots in the wild card round. And there's a chance the Bills can be the three seed. Obviously, a win next week over the Jets and they clinch the division. But um, they're likely to be the three or the four seed. And we'll talk all about the seeding scenarios later this week on the podcast. But the Bills' six and five conference record is going to make it hard for them to be higher than the three seed. As for my predictions, I did okay. My first prediction was that Ed Oliver would have a sack, and that happened. Probably should have had two, but he had the one that I predicted. I also got my second prediction correct. I said that Matt Ryan would have under 200 passing yards, and I was a little nervous there because he had like 140-something at halftime, and the Bills' pass defense put the clamps down in the second half. Now, the next two I definitely whiffed on. I predicted 10 receptions combined from Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie. We didn't come close. We only got three there. I think I had good process there, but obviously the passing game was not clicking on Sunday. I also predicted five or less rushing attempts for Josh Allen. He had 15, so that was obviously a whiff. And um, My idea was good. I thought this would be the type of game where Josh Allen wouldn't have to run the football a ton and that they could get regular rushing yards and Josh Allen could just could just kind of focus in on throwing the ball from the pocket and um, turned out to be anything but the case. And then I predicted that the Bills would win, and I got that correct. So I go three for five on my predictions this week. Next up for the Buffalo Bills is a home game against the New York Jets. We know what's at stake. If they win that game, they are AFC East champions for a consecutive season. Next up for this podcast is Herd Mentality, the weekly episode where you take control of our discussion. And so if you have a question or a comment or a take, you can submit that to me on Twitter at the Joe Marino via a DM or send me an email, joe at the draftnetwork.com. I'll be recording tomorrow early in the afternoon. So if you have something, get it in as quickly as possible on Monday morning so that way I can compile everything, do the research, and get that podcast recorded for you. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Enjoy this Victory Monday. Enjoy the Bills clinching a playoff appearance for the third consecutive 
season and fourth in five years under Sean McDermott. And as always, I would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.